Welcome to another episode of Downtown Hell. Today's guest, we have visual artist Antonio Pelayo. We sit down, we talk his current career, his upbringing, and his goals for the future. So, another episode of Downtown Hell. You know, I've been pretty fortunate and blessed to have amazing people on this show. And the person stand, like, well, sitting across from me is really, really good at what he does. You want to introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Antonio Pelayo, and uh, yeah, thank you for uh, having me. Oh, thank you for coming in and, and doing your thing, man. It's just, I was booking, and it's like I needed something that said just Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And you are like, to me, it's like the definition. Everything is like your, from your art to your events. Like, how did this all start for you? Man, um, I, I've been drawing since I was like two years old, probably. Um, I went to preschool in Highland Park. Oh, right on. And the preschool was right across the street from our house. And preschool, that's all we did was art. I would draw, paint, and do all types of things. Mm -hmm. And then I remember when preschool was over, my teacher came over to the house and she was talking to my mom. And I was right there and she's like, oh, you know, when this kid grows up, he's going to be an artist. And that stuck with me. And then ever since, like, I, I just drew, drew, drew. Um, we were sent to Mexico when I was about seven years old. What part, by the way? Uh, Jalisco. All right, right. To a small town um, due to uh, my mom's religious beliefs. Like, my dad didn't agree with it, so he's like, you know, if you guys don't come back to being Catholic, I'm going to send you guys to our ranch, a small town over there in Mexico, where everyone's a Catholic. And his idea was maybe with the pressure of the family and friends, um, my mom will decide, you know what, yeah, I think it's better to go back to Catholic. Did that work? No. She became a, <laughs> she became a stronger Jehovah Witness. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So we're in that town, and as a Jehovah Witness, you're not supposed to hang out with anyone that's not a witness. So my only friend was drawing. So I, I dedicated 10 years in Mexico growing up to, you know, I spent a lot of time drawing. And then we came back when I was 16, um... And then I landed a job at Disney when I was 19. Wow. Um, so I've been there almost 26 years. Wow. Okay. What do you do f uh, for Disney? Uh, animation art. Really? Yes. Yeah. Man, that's amazing. Yeah, we're, we're actually, me and my son work there. He started working there about a year ago. But we're in a very tiny department, and we keep inking and painting alive, which, is, you know, they don't use that method yeah. of art anymore. So we, we still do it the same way it was done since it started, but now it's became fine art. Wow. What we produce is only sold to employees. <laughs> really? So it's a very it's special beautiful. department, yeah. It's beautiful. Man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. So is it like commission work for it? Because like you said, it's only sold to employees. So are you guys getting like commission work from the employees? Like, oh, we want you to do this. Or how does that whole thing work? Um, the main thing that we do is we do two editions a year. And each okay. edition is 250 pieces. Wow. Uh, what we do is we sit as a department and we see what anniversary is coming up. Uh, for example, the piece that we just did was a Donald uh, Duck, and we did it because it was his birthday recently. Wow. Uh, so it just, it just depends on what comes up that we decide what images we do. So uh, it's 250 pieces. They're only sold to employees. We do two editions a year, so we produce about 500 art pieces a year. Um, that's our main thing. And we also do other projects like um, um, we got to ink and paint the villain stamps for the post office. Oh, that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. And uh, we also reproduce cells that can't be exhibited because, you know, they're deteriorating. 
Um, so we reproduce them and they're exhibited all over the world. Like, and there, our work has been exhibited in like 20 museums wow. in the past like 10 years, all over the world. You know what? Like, I, I love the fact that you said that because I actually bought, I purchased a few cells myself. Mm-hmm. Didn't have enough money to produce the actual copies of them because they were like a couple grand. Yeah. But those are like really dope pieces that you just never think about. It's like, it's yeah. such a small, minute piece of a cartoon. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you never think about this one page, not even a full second. Well, think about this. Snow White took 400,000 cells to make. Jeez. So when you own one of them, it's, it's it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. So, you know, shout out to everybody in the art world. Get your sale game up. <laughs> I mean, because I just feel like people don't think about it. People think about the Picassos and, you know, the bigger paintings, the Banksies and stuff. But people just don't even think about those little fine details that still actually appreciate in value, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Growing up, though, like, you know, growing up, you know, in a traditional family like that like did they have a plan for you or was it always you know you were kind of a bit free-spirited or something like how did you land in this like just be obviously you were by yourself and you were developing this craft but was there another was there a plan b no there wasn't my my parents really never pushed any of their kids to like go to school or anything anything like that interesting i actually didn't even graduate from high school um so I was, my, my, especially my mom, my mom pushed all of us to be Jehovah Witnesses. That's, that was her that was goal and her <laughs> only thing. Just be a Jehovah Witness, just get yourself a, a regular job, but dedicate your life, you know, to God. Yeah. That was her mission. My dad was, you know, he didn't, he said, you just get a good job and be a hard worker. Yeah. He taught me that. Um, but... Um, so I was I was working at a liquor store from 16 to 18, and then um, at 18 I quit that job and I was I was gonna uh, go to college. I'm like you know I want to study some type of art. I I was thinking about animation or something. And so during that time when I was deciding, I went to a temp agency and I told them you know I want a temp job because I'm not looking for anything permanent. But they ended up getting me a five day gig at Disney. So that five-day thing turned into 26 years. Wow. I just, yeah, I, I uh, got to know some of the coworkers, and then um, they told me, oh, they're going to start an inking department here. And I'm like, what is that? And he showed me. I'm like, dude, I can do that shit. <laughs> and then uh, the next day I talked to my boss, and they tested me, and I was the first one they hired. Wow. And then I was in that department for about almost a year. And where I'm at now, the main lot, they needed inkers, so they came over and tested about 30 of us, and they picked out three of us. Wow. So that's how I got in there. Wow, um, that's an amazing story. It's insane, man. Yeah, yeah, like I didn't even think Disney would even have opens for like temp jobs or anything like that, just because they're such a big company. Yeah, well, it was it was it was one of those crazy things where they had a this division of that animation art department that was like blowing up. Yeah. So it was growing really fast, so they needed people. And I just happened to be there. Like, yeah. right place, right time. Yeah. And so yeah. are you still Jehovah's Witness? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. I was going to ask you, too. I was like, have, yeah. Your, yeah, have your, obviously, your religious beliefs have changed and stuff like that. What, what do you believe in now? I, I, I do believe in God. I just, uh, being a part of uh, an organization is not really my thing. Um, I do attend a Christian church, um, mm. but it's not like... Uh, being a Jehovah Witness. And being a Jehovah Witness, you're, you live in a box. You step outside that box, you're going to die. 
basically. Wow. That's the way they have a living. And, um, yeah, I'm, I don't agree with that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's totally understandable. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> For what you do now, it's like you're promoting and stuff like that. Your events mm-hmm. are so, like, you have a little bit of everything. You want to talk about that? Well, it's, so then I started working at Disney when I was 19, and then there is where I got exposed uh, at my first art show. Disney uh, showcases their employees, and they have their own gallery. So I, I went to one, and my a couple of my coworkers were showing, and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, man, I, I love this. I want to do this. <laughs> I'm like, I want to create some work and yeah, hang it yeah. up on a wall and have people criticize it or praise <laughs> it or whatever. Anything, yeah. So that inspired me to start working on pieces to showcase in galleries. And then I started working on my portfolio. I worked on it for years because my pieces take a long time. Uh-huh. And then... Um, um, I finally uh, created a couple pieces. I put them in a show, and yeah, I got a good response, and then I kept on going. And then finally, not finally, but just one day, a friend of mine um, got a loft in downtown um, with a bunch of graffiti artists. And and for about a year, he was like, dude, you got to come down here and meet these guys. They're like doing shows and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm not ready. And then um, and just one day, he's like, hey, dude, uh, so uh, Retina wants to buy your Tupac piece. What? And Whoa. then I'm like... And I don't want to sell it. I didn't even know who Bretna was. And then he's like, well, he says how much you want for it. And I'm like, I don't want to sell him at all. I want 10 grand for it. It was a stupid number, I know. <laughs> so then he's like, all right, he wants you to come and bring it down here. So I called up a friend. I'm like, dude, you know, I want to, some guy wants to meet me. And um, so I'm going to, I took a bunch of my drawings down yeah. there. And I met him. And then he's like, well, look, I, I like it, but I don't, I don't have 10 grand, but I'll put you know, I'll put you in one of my shows because he was curating shows back then. Yeah. It was in 2004. Wow. And then uh, I'm like, you know, I, I only have like eight pieces. He's like, it's all good. You know, we'll put you in a small room. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do it. And I was, I had no idea about that world. Yeah. And then he put me in a show and, then, you know, a bunch of people came out. And then from there, it just took off for a whole year. Like we did shows together and he, you know, he put me on the map. And then wow. that's where my fine art career took off. So I did that for several years. And then doing that, then I started getting questions. I started getting um, a lot of um, questions from my parents uh, asking me for advice for their kids. And then a bunch of my friends also is like, you know, how can I get my work out there? So then people started telling me you should curate shows. So that's what I started doing. I started curating small art exhibits anywhere, Uh, even at bars. I would bring like two, three of my friends, put them up on easels, and then boom, we would have a show there. And I did that for about a year. And that was, you know, it was fun, but I got tired of it. So then I decided to stop doing that. And then uh, I said one day, you know what, I just want to put up a, a, one big show a year. And then I chose Day of the Dead because I'm familiar. I grew yeah. up with that, you know. So I met up with a friend that had a bar uh, by the Staples Center, and I pitched them the idea. I'm like, hey, what do you think if we do a Day of the Dead event here? And he's like, dude, let's do it. So in 2009, started planning it. In 2010, we launched it at his bar. About 500 people showed up, and uh, from that point on, it just started uh, growing, and I continued doing It's called a Velorio, the Day of the Dead event. Yeah. And we're actually celebrating 10 years this year. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Congrats, man. Yeah. yeah. So it's come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> Grinding, man. Look at yeah. Wow. Yeah, no one, no one taught me how to do it. I just, like, you know, I learned as, as I went. How important, because um, I'm always, like, into, like, you know, teaching like at least like speaking life onto other people mm-hmm. so how important was what that teacher said to you 
And when you're dealing with other artists or other young people, do you try to be like that same type of person for them to be like that jump start into something? Yeah, well, that, that's the reason why I started curating shows. And that's the reason why I started the big events, because I wanted to showcase all the people that I had no idea how to do it. And it's crazy because it's I've seen a lot of things, a lot of good things happen from it, yeah. from artists that have never exhibited ever to exhibit at my one of my shows and then their technical skills weren't there and then you know you give them some advice and then the following year they get a little better and then you know two three years down the road they're like really good now and they're getting commissioned they're showing everywhere oh wow so so a lot of good things like that have happened because of the show so that that makes me um proud and um gives me the motivation to like continue doing it because it's a lot of work yeah. at one point i was doing four a year i did that for like three years and i almost died <laughs> so then i i just uh scaled down to like two a year okay so yeah all right so now so now you're doing two a year two a year but what's all the right. angle for you like obviously you're busy man but what do you want it like 10 15 years down the line like what do you want well, I do, I do want these events to become as big as possible. And I, I do have, like, big companies wanting to um, either team up or buy the event, but it's not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, might, it, it was going to happen this year, but we, I decided to, like, um, wait another year. So, um, yeah, that, that hopefully one day um, it, it, it sells, you know, and wow. I can... You know, spend more time with uh, <laughs> totally, with man. Speaking of big events yeah. and, and the future, we're gonna talk about more about that. In, you know, after the break, and uh, we'll be back. Downtown Hell. So we're back and uh, we're talking about long-term future and, you know, obviously your, your upbringing. How is that, though? Was it a bit of a culture shock coming back from uh, it, it Mexico? Was, yeah, it was a culture shock going there because, <laughs> while well, think about it. You're like around seven years old. Mm -hmm. You leave your country and then you go to a place where, like, you don't know, you don't have no friends. Yeah. And you're in a small town. It's, it's probably... I don't know, maybe like 300 people there. What part of Mexico? It, it, it's called it Palmar. It's a really small town oh, by Palmar. Guadalajara. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like three hours outside of Guadalajara. Oh, okay. Um, and that's where my parents were born. Hmm. So my my uh, dad had a house there. So he sent us there. Oh, wow. But yeah, going there, you know, one day you just wake up and your mom's like, hey, dude, you know, pack your stuff. We're leaving to Mexico. We're thinking we're going on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and no, we stayed 10 years out there. Jesus. Yeah. And so you're in this town and everyone knows that you're a Jehovah Witness. And in Mexico, like Catholics are very passionate about that. 90%, right? Like about I would say 90%. Yeah, yeah I would say that. Yeah, 90%. And, and Jehovah Witnesses are persecuted down there because, wow. you know, people don't like people knocking on your door on Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> so we had, we had, oh man, you name it, from people pulling their guns on, on really? us, wow. slamming doors, throwing, letting their dogs loose on us, uh, calling us names. Like we would walk down the, uh, down the street and they would know that it's you. They would call us Kiobistas or uh, devil worshipers or whatever. Wow. 
Yeah. So it's kind of hard. It's hard. It was hard growing up in that environment, mm-hmm. but it was normal to us because, you know, we're serving God. So that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Did, do you feel like that experience gave you tough skin, like, throughout life? Like, do you feel like your, ten, your skin is a lot tougher now? We, just, we were just talking about that, really? too. Yeah. And, 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 and to me, it's like, you know, it's, it's all about perspective. You can look at that and say, you know what, uh, I can be mad at my dad and my mom for putting us through that. But I think it did um, made us kind of tough, yeah. me and my sisters. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because so- there, there's a lot of rejection and drama um, dealing with the events yeah. and, 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 the, and the fear of, like, you know, you might lose your ass off on one of them. So kind of, I, I think it was like a good training. You still have fear after all you accomplished? Yeah. Well, what are you scared <laughs> of? Like, you're killing fear. it. You're killing it. It's, it's funny because two, three weeks prior to each event, I started having, having nightmares. I always have nightmares about, wow. like, oh, missing this. Or, Did you cover this? Did you cover that? I better cover this, and it's like, yeah. Wow. So like, never, yeah. like, you never just escape the fear. There's no, no peace. Huh. Did, did you, did you guys ever see the Fire Festival documentary? Yeah. Okay. Well, as a event producer, you're you're watching this thing, and you're, dude, I'm like sweating, wow. <laughs> watching this. I'm like, dude, how the hell did this guy like go yeah. through that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Jesus. Yeah. Man. So as far as like, cause you, cause I know you talked about the day to dead event, but you have other events that you're working as well, correct? Yeah. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yeah, some man. of those? Yeah. I, so I, I, four big events. Uh, the first one was El Velorio Day of the Dead, and then this one it's called La Buya, um, and that's my nickname, Buya. <laughs> yeah. The the the, nick, the name Buya came from a Japanese wrestler called Shibuya. Yeah. And apparently, when I was a baby, I looked like him. So my dad. My dad was a huge wrestler. That is so cool. Yeah. And Buya in Spanish means noise. Yeah. So I thought, what an appropriate name to name the event, you know, the noise. Man. So I have El Velorio, La Buya. I have Ellie Story. It's a lowrider event. And then uh, Tatuaje. It's an all, all tattoo event. Oh, wow. And then I produce an art show with a, a friend of mine uh, called uh, Young Guns. And in mm-hmm. that one, we feature young uh, tattoo artists that are uh, from like 20 to 25 years of age. And like we feature them, we do a competition. Wow. So that, that's coming up uh, July 27th. Yeah, July 27th. Yeah, so you stay working. Yeah. Is there never a time when you're like chilling? We do chill. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's, there's always like, you know, my phone's always going off. Yeah. Yeah, she's always mad at me. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing your time off? Like your events, I like to think that they're a reflection of who you are, obviously. But like, what do you listen to to relax? What do you watch? Like, I, who do you draw inspiration from? I meditate. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just silence. You just need to let it all just kind of be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, at work, you know, I'm, I'm, I put my headphones on and I listen to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I do listen to music. I listen to all types of music. All really? types. Yeah. Shows in the events, man. Yeah. You, you know, I love because we actually were talking about books on one of the last episodes that we, re, that we did. Uh, what are some of your favorite books that you've been reading lately that you would like to let everybody know about? Mm, I have to have to see the title. <laughs> <laughs> Um, currently, I'm listening to this one. Building a story brand. Hello, my name Building. Is Donald Miller and I wrote yeah, and by Donald Miller. 
by Donald Miller yeah. building a building a story brand. That's cool. That's cool. So I'm I'm assuming it's about branding and lineage, and I, I actually feel like I've heard of that book before. So that's actually really cool that you said that because now it's like oh. I don't think that's on my Amazon wish list. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good book. It's a good book if you have a business. Yeah. And um, you're you're trying to create a business that that has um, a mission. It's not just oh you know we're here to make money. Yeah. Um, to make the customer feel like you're interested. Yeah. In providing a service or make improving their yeah. life. It's almost yeah. like a lifestyle, right? Like yeah. you're you're building a lifestyle and community with the brand and everything. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's something that a lot of bigger brands are doing. Like you think about Google, um, I was looking at what's the GoPro, that company and everything, like the stuff that they have the employees do. Yeah. And they're really trying to make it more of a family thing instead of you just work here, you come in, you slave, you leave, you hate your life, you come back, slave, yeah. and the whole routine over and over. So that's that's really cool that you're doing these things because that means you're thinking about everybody else that's out there. It's not just about self. Yeah. So that's a beautiful thing. Thanks. What could somebody, like somebody that's worked with you, say about you? Like, could they say you're what? Hardworking, passionate? I could see that right now. Like, you're hella passionate about what you do, man. Uh, for sure, hardworking. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, with people that have worked in the past, um, some might say that I'm, when it's, when it's like time to work, I might be mean. <laughs> Some might say that. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Um, but I'm I'm alright. I think um if you if you guys know Walt Disney's story, mm -hmm. I actually got a lot of inspiration from him because um my events are kinda modeled um from Disneyland. Oh really? You know, you go to the park and there's a lot of things you can do. You come to one of my events, there's a lot of things you can do. You can yeah. Uh, enjoy a concert, go look at an art exhibit, uh, film screenings, check out a car show, eat, drink, yeah. check out live Lucha Libre. <laughs> There's all kinds of things going on there. How did that yeah. relationship start with the Santino brothers? Because I know that they religiously do your events. Yeah. Um, I had a partner. His name uh, was Dan Madigan. Uh, first, first year we launched, uh, me and him and another guy launched it. And then Dan Madigan is friends with uh, Kevin uh, from Mass Republic, and then Kevin is the one that brought in Santino Brothers. Wow. Yeah, but I had three companies that I was. They were like they wanted to bring the wrestlers, and I was like, ah, oh, I, I like I like Mass Republic, and yeah. so I I stuck with him. So he's oh. he's the one that um, handles the wrestling. Yeah, you guys yeah. bring in legends, and and yeah. just it, it's amazing, and it's like you know it's just a crowd that's very uh, different. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. But like uh what does your family feel about your success? Um my well my dad is no longer here but um I always get people telling me that oh uh, your parents are proud of you. They never tell me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they 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 tell they talk good about me with oh. their friends or family. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. How do you feel? Like, are you proud of yourself? Because I've, I've met people that, like, they've accomplished things, and they're like, uh, sorry. Like, are you I, proud of your accomplishments? I, I Yeah, but I, I I don't feel like I'm done. Like, there's a whole lot of things that I want to do. That's important. To yeah. Have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because you got to keep going. Oh, yeah. Because usually people get jaded, I feel. I mean, they do so much, and then they're like, ah, it's all right. it comes natural, and it's just... And you know it. what? I could have, too, because I've, um, 
I've partnered up with people that like screwed me over and I could have said, you know what, this is not worth it. Um, because it did took it, you know, I've doing it for, I've been doing it for 10 years and, um, for the first five years, for sure, there was like no profit in these events. You know, you, something that you have to build. Um, so it took a while. So you're like putting in all this work and you say, you see no money, you see the event being a success but there's no profit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing that I could have been, you know what? Yeah, I'm like tired of this. Wow. Yeah. And there's a lot of drama, you know, dealing with artists. <laughs> and you, when you have like a hundred artists, you're dealing and they all with, come to you, right? For oh, something. Yeah. For yeah. something. <laughs> well, there's always like, you know, a small percentage of artists that give you drama mm. or they're, they're not happy for whatever reason. And yeah. You just got to figure out how to work it out. Like, yeah. Try to make them happy. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, it's it's cool that you should definitely be really proud of yourself because you, yeah. you've accomplished a Amazing. lot. Mm-hmm. You know? Because a, a lot of people with your situation, they probably would have given up. They would have been on the street somewhere. But, like you said, it's all about perspective. And, you know, you did the right thing with it. What well, yeah. could you tell somebody that's trying to do what you do right now that's, like, 15, 16, listening to this? Um... To, to find if they want to do this to make sure it's it's a passion of theirs mm-hmm. because yeah if it's not your passion you you come across one of these negative things um, you're gonna quit and I have seen you know being in this uh, event producing business for all this time I've had a lot of people ask me for advice because they've tried it and they they've kind of tried to do something similar like me and they just did it once or like dude that was too hard and they that was it so I have seen people try to do it but yeah they don't they don't stand the test of time pretty much (laughs) yeah (laughs) wow and i've seen i've seen other companies that i've never met try to copy what i've done yeah and they yeah they tried it too and they only did it like one or twice and that's it yeah yeah because sometimes the profit is like uh it's a a major factor sometimes (laughs) to some people to some people i mean i don't know yeah it's just but like there has to be something in you like okay let's say event day your stress level mm-hmm. where is oh, yeah. it on a percentage on a percentage <laughs> what are you 90 80? oh dude it's a hundred really yeah oh the day of the event my phone will have like a hundred missed calls 200 text messages jesus <laughs> and it's like it ranges from everything it's like some of them are like really ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a there's just a, a handful of people that I'm gonna respond to that day, yeah. And the rest of them I can't. Yeah, yeah. It's just too much. Too much. Yeah. What's the day after feel like? So the I, the event ends at two in the morning. I end up wrapping up somewhere around four in the morning. Mm-hmm. I ended up coming home like at six. Jeez. I'll sleep for like two hours. And then I'll wake up all wired, <laughs> and then I'll have I'll have a heavy breakfast. Coffee? No coffee. Actually, oh, I just wow. I just started drinking coffee like two three months ago, like <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah. But um, and then around eleven twelve, then I'll crash. Then I'll sleep all day, and then I'll wake up like at six or seven, and I'll feel like oh man, it's I'm I'm relieved. Yeah. You got through it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Man, still inspirational though. Man. Makes me feel like I'm not doing shit. <laughs> 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 I won't complain anymore. Anytime I complain, 
I'm going to just reference this episode. Seriously. You're definitely going to still complain. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. 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 Yeah. I will bring up the episode, but you're probably still going to complain. <laughs> no, it's like, I tell, I, I tell this man that it probably was meant to be, though. If you literally just taught yourself this, this craft, and then, you know, something happened to where it lined up to where you worked for Disney, all these things. I feel like it was meant to be, man. I think you're built for this shit. Maybe, um, because I'd, I've always told people I never really pursued none of this. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it was there. It was like, yeah, kind of like given to me. Mm-hmm. The job at Disney, me exhibiting my work, and then this. It was all like, I never pursued it. I never, it was never in my goal list. Yeah, I, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be an artist. That was something that I said, okay, when I grow up, I want to be an artist. I don't know what, but uh, but yeah, uh, like all these situations, they just like came to me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because other people try, like you said, try and fail, and it's just, it's crazy. And so, you know, congratulations on, you know, expecting Thank you. and all that stuff. Like, with that happening in your life, what do you want to, what's one thing you want to teach your, your child? There's so many things. Uh, as far as a creative or, or just about life in general, what's one thing you want to leave them with that'll just cement it? Uh, for sure, be be a, be a hard worker. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, my wife is also, she's also an artist, so we have a lot of plans for... Oh, that's <laughs> sick, man. For Two baby. parents that are, like, creative <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I have a son, he's 22. And wow. he's an artist as well. Oh my you god! You should look at his work. Oh Jesus! He's he's really talented. He 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 kind of is doing the same thing I'm doing uh-huh. because he 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 draws, he paints, and he does music, mm-hmm. and he's like he works with me at Disney, so he's yeah. doing a lot of things too. And yeah. he's 22, so he's also a, a really hard worker. Yeah, I saw that post like father like son. Yeah. I'm like that's yeah. that's super dope. Yeah, he spoke at two schools on Friday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty sure you have to be extremely proud. Yeah. I you am. know, as a father. Yeah. You, you know. So I'm I'm guessing were you as tough as your parents were yeah, kind of yeah. when it came to you having your first child? Uh no, I don't I don't think I was ever tough like that. Um actually like uh, it doesn't even seem like I'm his dad per se really? we're we're like really good friends. Yeah. Yeah. We we mess around a lot and um people never ever since he was little ever thought that I was his dad. Wow. Yeah, no, he, he a little brother. Oh, yeah, I didn't I don't know you had a little brother. I'm like, oh, he's my son. Oh, wow. Yeah. But we have a really cool relationship. Yeah. Wow. But they're hard working though, and that's something you want to just yeah. the hard work is key. Yeah. For you. Yeah. That that's totally awesome though. And it's just one of those things where it's like everybody that comes in here and sits here, like they have their, uh, oh, you know, maybe I'll, it's pretty wishy-washy sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you're probably one of the first people that come in here and say, "Nah, man, I I grinded, I fucking put in the work." Yeah. And there's no work. There's no no other way. Really? Yeah. Fuck. See. There you go. Hard work, grind. grind. Takes time too. Fi- find your passion. Uh, you know dive yourself into it and know that you're gonna be in it for a while until you make it grow the best part of doing what you do what, what's probably the best to you 
Well, which one? My job, my fine art, or events? Just in <laughs> <laughs> What's your best overall? It's like yeah, one of your favorites yeah, overall. Yeah, what's the best part? I, I think... Um, I actually, I can, it, what I do at work, my, my art and the events, I think the main thing is inspiring others. All three of them inspire people, wow. young artists to older artists. Um, I think that's, that's the main one, the inspiration, that it moves other people to do something. Oh, man. Yeah. So uh, selfless. Right. <laughs> so selfless, so selfless. <laughs> no, but um, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and do talk about a lot of other shit to be honest all right downtown help all right we're back and we're fucking inspired man Seriously, <laughs> it is great. It's probably like the best interview. I don't care. <laughs> the best. It's like the best. It is, man. He's giving us game, man. He's telling us to get off our asses and work, man. A lot of people don't tell you to get off your ass. Well, get off your ass and work. And work. work there we key. go. <laughs> when you fucking put in the work, everything's possible. So it's very true. So when you um transitioned over, you know, came back and stuff like that. You know, was it ever a hard transition like it was over there? It was too because so now you um, you had a life for ten years in Mexico, mm. and then when I came back, um, now I have no friends here. Oh man! And my English is shot. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> so I I go back to high school and they put me in ESL class for about a year because mm. my English was like shot. Um, and I have no friends. So high school, I, I hated high school. Really? Was that yeah. bad? Yeah, I hated it. I didn't even, I didn't even graduate. I didn't even want to go back to yeah. graduate. Well, the thing was, they, um, when I came, they put me in 11th grade because of my age. Mm -hmm. And then I did 11 and 12. And they told me, if you do good on the 12th, um, on, the, on your last year, we'll let you come back and graduate. And then on, on, um, when I was a senior, I used to worry a lot. And I, I developed heart palpitations. I thought I was going to die from a heart attack. Wow. And then one day, it was like, dude, uh, I told my mom, I'm like, dude, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So hmm. they called the ambulance. They took me to the, they rushed me to the hospital, and they did all these tests, and, like, nothing was wrong. And then, uh, so I, I billed a big uh, um, hospital bill, and my parents couldn't pay it, so I had to get wow. a job to pay for it. So then um, I got a job at a liquor store, and then my uh, uh, so I, I was cutting fifth uh, class, fifth period every every day. So because of that, they didn't let me come back and graduate to get my high school diploma. Wow. But that's when I got that job at Disney. So once I got the job at Disney, I said, you know, fuck school. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what happened. Wow. But yeah, it was it was hard too. Like high school, I just hated. It. I just I, I had no friends, and it was just. If, if you don't mind, because this might be a little telling on your age, uh -huh. like, around what year was that when all of this was going on? Like, you know, when you got into Disney, like, around what time was that? Uh, I got at Disney 93. Yeah. Came back from Mexico in 89, got at Disney 93. And See, since then. and that's crazy, because I know recently, like, my mom and I were just, we were actually just having this conversation last night about the expectations with companies now 
compared to what they were before. Mm-hmm. Like, my grandfather didn't graduate, but he was able to get a job, have a house, have a nice car and stuff. My mom, she just went associate's degree. She's a nurse. But now, even at her job, they pretty much want you to, if you want to be an RN, you almost have to be have to ma- have a master's degree. Yeah. You know, and it's just so crazy how, like you said, that was 93. We're in 2019. And just to see that jump on how hard it is to get these type of opportunities and stuff. What would be your, because like you said, your parents weren't super pushing for school. But what would your advice be for people that were just like, you know what, he didn't go through high school. I'm not going to finish high school. Like, what would be your advice to some of them? I I honestly don't really give people advice um, when it comes down to that because I don't don't feel like I'm the right person to say, oh, you know, you got to go to school. Yeah. I didn't go to school. (laughs) (laughs) If if you're 18 and you're thinking about being an entrepreneur and it's your passion, then I would say follow that. Exactly. Because there's no point of you getting a job that you're going to hate. You got to find something that you love. And then I think I really do believe that if you find something that you love and you're passionate about it and you work hard at it, that everything else is going to fall into place. Yeah. I, I really do believe that. So um, if their thing is going to school, then go to school. Like That's what I told my son. I'm like, you know, you want to go to school or you want to get a job. Yeah. What do you want to do? And whatever, you, whatever you choose to do, just do it with a passion. Exactly. And, and that's why I want to ask that because I know sometimes, like, I hear people like, oh, well, Bill Gates didn't do this or so-and-so didn't do this. It's like, all right, but is that your passion? Is that what you really want to do? Or are you just making an excuse, you know, to not go to school? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to sit on my ass and smoke weed. You know, I mean, because there's a lot of people that do stuff like that. But that's why I wanted to ask that question, because I just listening to you, even though you didn't go through education, you're very intelligent. You know, you're you're a very smart person. And I knew you would give that type of response. So, you know, thank you for that. I do read books. So (laughs) (laughs) we want to thank you for coming in, man. No, thank you for having me. Thank you. This was was fucking amazing. Your story is amazing, man, and just taking a chance on us, you know, because we're relatively new, and just, you know, thank you for coming in, man. Oh, thank you Anything for having you me. Anything you want to plug? Any uh, social medias you want to plug? Um, follow my production page, uh, Instagram, Antonio Pilar Productions. We got a big event coming up, um, mm. and my personal, Antonio Pilar. Cool, man. Yeah. Thank All you, right. man. Yeah, thank you for no, coming thank in. Thank you for having yeah. me. Stay blessed, man. All right. Thank you guys for listening i want to thank antonio pelayo for coming in thank you for pierre Connolly for co-hosting and keeping me tight on the boards and make sure to follow us on instagram at downtown hell podcast